Okay. Master yourself by introducing yourself to your future self by eliminating everything you hated about your old self. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Eminem show. Today, we're going to talk about new beginnings, new beginnings and growth diagnostics. What is a growth diagnostic? A growth diagnostic is a check on learning. It's a self-awareness about yourself to kind of self-check yourself in the mirror. And sometimes we need to do that at least once a month, every other year. I mean, every other week, sorry, not every other year. And if you join our programs, if you join our six-week course, by the end of the six weeks, we cover these exact questions or similar questions that are just depending on the client. And it's pretty cool because you get to see an insight of the person who they used to be and who they are now and how they analyze and break down these questions. It's pretty cool because on week zero, you do a health and wellness assessment to see where you're at so I can know and identify where your stressors are, where your hot, po- where your hot points, ah, your pain points are and your hot spots are. Because it gives me an understanding on how to approach the best tailored program for you based on all of our topics, based on our agenda, based on our one approach system. Are you more introverted? Are you more extroverted? Okay. Because if you're more introverted and I, and I didn't know that, but I'm over here trying to teach you knowledge or transfer you knowledge in a way that's meant for an extroverted person. I bet you didn't know that there's a specific diet for your specific blood type, right? It's pretty cool, huh? Okay, so it's the same thing. If you're introverted, I'm going to teach you in an introverted way that might expand you and overflow you into an extroverted mindset. You see what I mean? So that's why these questions are super, super beneficial. And I'm going to read you the beginning of this PDF like I read to all my other clients, because I think this information is very, very powerful. The awareness of these prompts and the awareness of these questions will get you going in the right direction to start thinking about your future, to start thinking about yourself now so that you can reflect on who you were and where you want to go and who you want to become. Not just that, but all the people you want to bring with you the people you love, the people you want to create positive memories with. That's why we're doing all this. And that's why I'm doing this. If I'm not doing it for myself, I'm doing it for my passion. If I'm not doing it for my passion, I'm doing it for people's pain. Because I used to be there. And I don't want you to be there. All right, let's jump into it. The questions below have been asked, answered by you, either through our journaling prompts, our weekly meetings, or aggressive forms. Reflect back on these questions and focus on the beginning of your journey. Flow through your mind and navigate back and forth. What have you learned most about yourself and your new realities in this world? Which direction is painting the most clearest, vivid picture? The best part? You already have the confidence and tools to tackle anything life throws at you now, confidently and happily. Pretty cool, right? So where these questions are kind of generated from and where I kind of get my, my research and development to create and generate and compile these type of questions and prompts 
is from this thing called the Myers-Briggs personality test. It's the number one test in the world to figure out what type of person you are. All the Fortune 500 companies use it. And the best part, I'm gonna make a, a podcast about this this weekend. And if not this weekend, it'll be released by next week. And that's a really good episode you wanna listen to because I'm gonna teach you all the different personality traits how to approach someone who's a stranger, how to approach an employee, a manager, your kids, how to get your kids to do the chores without them talking back. Maybe you're attacking them, or I'm sorry, maybe you're attacking the chores that you want them to do from a wrong personality angle. Maybe they don't need the logical thinking. Maybe they don't need to know the whys. Maybe they just need a list that they need to look at and check off. But you don't know that because you don't know yourself enough yet to attack life out there. Like I said, it always starts and ends with you. Everything out here is extra. Everything out there is a test. It's an assessment. It's an awareness of everything that you compiled about yourself, how you react, how you respond, how you activate. See what I mean? So when you answer these questions, I want you to answer them And then I want you to ask yourself, why did I answer it like that? What led me to those answers? What memories popped up? What experiences? How did I feel when I was talking about this? How did I feel when he read that question back to me? Right? You see what happens by just focusing on you for a little bit? And every time you run through these questions, you're going to learn a little bit more about yourself. Every single question. Okay, here's the first one. What word would people close to you use to describe you? So with every question, I'm going to give a little explanation, a little background about it. One sentence. Okay. So this question can generate answers that reveal what type of relationships and friendships a candidate or customer has with others. You see how you can learn? These are called specific generating questions right to get something out of someone so that you can collect data about them so that you can kind of develop the right approach to them right the known versus the unknown again if you haven't listened to that episode i highly recommend you go listen to it right now before you start this one because once you're familiar with the known and unknown it works on your confident levels your mindset and your situational awareness and emotional intelligence right so what word would people close to you used to describe you huh let's see let's see if i can answer that one what word would people close to you use to describe you one word huh and and this is something you can try if you're on your way to work right now ask a coworker. don't don't build it up too much just be like hey bro or hey whoever (laughs) um if you if you had one word to describe me what would it be it's pretty cool once they respond because it, it doesn't only tell you about yourself, but it tells you a lot about them. Because it, what, by asking that question, they are starting, their brains are starting to work and calculate like a computer. Okay, what's everything about him or her? Okay, we went out here. What, what are all of our life experiences that we have together? What are all the past memories that we have together? Well, you're gonna combine and mold all that stuff into one one rock of clay 
and then your brain is gonna mold it real quick shape it and blah blah, blah do whatever it has to do and then it's gonna spit out of your mouth um nice <laughs> right <laughs> so i would try that with different people ask that same question what word would people close to you describe you right so if you can ask them i would ask different people i would ask some of my friends i would ask family members right dip into all the different categories of your life there's a reason why we have friends that we can't take to other friends or we have family members who don't interact with my other group of friends why is that why is that what does that tell you about you what does that tell you about yourself you don't want them to know something about you on this side of you and you don't want them to know the other side about you who are you lying to are you lying to them or are you lying to yourself Look at that. That's one question, bro. That's one question. This is awesome. I love these questions because you can take it as far as you want. Okay, number two. What is a question people ask you often? Hmm. Again, you can break this one down, right? So that's another thing you have to attack. How do you break down questions to get the solid answer that you're looking for? Right? So is it about the question or is it about how you analyze and dissect the question so that you can properly um, ingest it in your brain so your brain can properly develop the right answer that you're looking for so you can so you can understand the question entirely. So what is a question people ask you often? People ask me often, how's the business? <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. How's business? How's Loki? Loki's my dog. He's my boy. And um, so what is one question people ask you often? And you have to ask why, right? So for example, if, if the number one question people ask me is how's business, then that just shows where my passion lies. That just shows where my, um, what, what I release to the world, right? What people think about me. Oh, he's always busy with business. Cool. Okay, that's right now. Now let me think about this question. If somebody asked me this question before I started the business, what question would they ask me back then? Right? Right? <laughs> right in the fields. Ask yourself, what is a question people ask you often at work? What is a question people ask you often at home? What is a question your kids ask you often? What is a question strangers ask you often? What is a question people ask you at school, in the streets, at store, at the laundry store, at the donut shop, at the gym, at the food store? What is a question people ask you often and why? What is it that you release or that you portray that gets people to ask you these questions? Why are you so mad all the time? Why are you so happy all the time? You see what I mean? Say somebody say say that you think about this right now and everyone thinks about you as always being mad. It's like, damn, that's right. My friends, my family, my coworkers, even my dog looks at me like I'm mad all the time. <laughs> you know? Right? So if you if you ever if you're feeling like that. What does that tell you about yourself? Maybe you're really nice, but you just show that you look mean all the time, right? What does that tell you about yourself? 
you're always on guard. Your outer exterior is pushing everybody away, but your inner interior wants to pull people close. Boom. <laughs> right? So keep dissecting these questions and you're going to learn so much about yourself. Or once a week on Friday, Friday mornings, starting at seven o'clock until 7.30 or 7.45, we're going to go over questions just like these every morning. So that, because remember, the morning sets a standard or the precedence for the rest of the day, for the rest of the week. Okay? And if it's not just about you, and if you're always talking about the mornings, like, I don't have time in the mornings, I have to get my kids ready, I have to get them cereal, I got to get them breakfast, I got to do this, I got to do that. Well, if you're always in chinga, as we always say in, in Spanish, right? If you're always on the go, if you're always go, 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 what does that tell you about yourself? Well, just for starters, it shows that you don't, you don't spend time on you. Sure, it's a sacrifice. I would rather invest the time in my kids. I'd rather invest the time um, doing this or that or preparing or blah, blah, whatever it is. But remember, if you're the head of your household and you're always go, 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 what do you think you're releasing and conditioning to everybody else under your umbrella? Everybody else under that roof to your kids, to your relationships, to your roommates, whatever it is, you are releasing that in that household. And the worst part is you're teaching that and conditioning that to the next generation. If you have kids living with you, if you have family living with you, it doesn't matter. If you're always go, 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 guess what? Your kids are going to be go, 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 go. Now reflect on this. Why am I always go, 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 go? Was I conditioned like this as a kid? Oh shit, that's right. My parents used to always, were always in a rush. That was the one thing that my memory always goes back to. Oh my goodness, I'm the same exact way. You see what I mean? You see what I mean? It's hard, it's a hard pill to swallow, but once you identify these things and accept them, then you can move forward. Right? AA, bro. AA. <laughs> Denial and acceptance. But you have to accept it. And if you don't accept it, the truth doesn't lie. And this is the truth about yourself. Not just yourself, but about your generation. The generation before you, your current generation, and the generation in the future. That's why I make episodes about legacy. When you wake up in the morning, you're waking up to legacy. All right. Think about that. Okay. Number three, who is your hero? A respondent's answer to this question may reveal more information about their aspirations and desires in life. Right? So who is your hero? Now, if you say um, whoever, actually, it doesn't really matter. It's not about, it's not about that. Okay? And I don't want you to get caught up on the exact person. Yes, that comes secondary, but it's always primary about you. So who is your hero? Right? So think about that right now. Where does your mind crawl to, as Hacking World would say? Right? That's what you call it. It's crawling, right? So whenever you push enter on Google or something or on search, it crawls the internet. Right? And it grabs all the search stuff that you want. 
So your mind does the same thing, right? So who is your hero? Your brain is kind of crawling around right now trying to figure out where it's going to take you. Is it going to take you to your soccer players like for me or is it going to take you to your um, your old heroes from your childhood or teenagers or early adolescence, right? What is it? Um, who is your hero, right? Hmm, interesting. Who used to be my hero? Let's start there, right? I like to figure, I like to start out with who I used to be before. Before everything, when I was just selfish and just focused on myself and didn't care anybody, didn't care about anyone. Did me, lived me, YOLO, right? Fucking lived that life. Um, and I like to dip back into that person because it, it tells me a lot about who I used to be and all the things I needed to fix, work on, you know, go after and attack. So who is your hero? So before, I would say my hero, hmm, interesting, right? Maybe you don't have a hero. <laughs> Maybe I can't come up with one right now. I can't think that far back. Um, but I would say a current hero right now, I don't know, the more I keep learning about myself, I keep, my hero list keeps getting shorter and shorter. That makes sense. It's good to, um, it's almost like a goal, right? Set an unrealistic goal, but now you have now you have somewhere to aim. And why do we always, whenever we set goals, why do we always set goals in an upward angle with your hand? If that makes sense, does that kind of make sense? Okay, let me explain it. So whether you're writing down a goal on paper, why do we write it at the top of the paper? Um, if we're writing a goal on the whiteboard, why do we write it above our eyes? We're always looking up to the goal. Isn't that weird? I just thought about that the other day when I was writing. And um, we never write a goal like towards the bottom of the list or we're never like bending down or, or, or squatting down to write a goal on the bottom of the paper, or the bottom of the wall, or the bottom of whatever. Our goals are always higher, right? Or anything like, I want a million dollars. We don't put the million dollars below our eye level. No, we always write it above. Isn't that kind of weird? So whether you have a hero, set a set a person who's 10 times out of your range but now you have somewhere to aim if they're 10 times out of your range wouldn't it be pretty cool to at least hit the second level of that 10 right same thing it's just it's just a direction right they might have the same similarities as you but as you grow and get higher on that level on that Richter scale on that ladder while you're climbing those stairs your hero list is gonna get shorter and shorter and shorter because that hero is gonna slowly become you. Pretty cool, right? Like I said, when we're first starting our journeys, I asked the same question, who's your hero? Everyone's like, boom, 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 listing them out, listing them out, listing them out. And towards the end of the program, they're like, you know what? That person's not my hero anymore. That person's not my hero anymore. I don't even know why I put that person down on paper, to be honest. It's like, yeah, it's because you weren't aware. You kind of just had your eyes closed and, you know, and took a shot in the dark. But now when you're aware and taking ownership of everything, the internal, the external, your mindset, the people around you, your goals, your settings, your environment, everything. Once you're in full control, that hero list gets shorter and shorter because you becoming your, you're, you're starting to become and develop your own future um, hero. As Matthew McConaughey would say, you know, he was asked the same question. I was listening to a podcast yesterday um, when I was driving from the beach, and he said, 
somebody asked him, he was giving a speech, I think at Texas A&M. And um, he said, who's your hero? Somebody asked him that. And he said, I don't know. Give me a week. I'm going to think about that one. Came back a week later and said, hey, I got an answer for you. I said, okay, who's your hero? Ready to write this answer down. And he said, I don't have one. And it's future me in 10 years. So 10 years go down the road and this reporter comes back to him apparently and asks him, hey, are you your hero now? It's 10 years later. He said, no, not even close. He said, maybe in another 10 years. But you see what I mean? I have another quote um, that complements this exact little story that I want to share with you. Um, Let me pull it up real quick. It's really good. It's about your past self, your future self, and how do you... It's basically a recipe to become your future self um, by tapping into your past self and your future self. Okay. Master yourself by introducing yourself to your future self by eliminating everything you hated about your old self. Let me say that again. Master yourself by introducing yourself to your future self by eliminating everything you hated about your old self. Pretty cool, right? So I'm going to make a shirt and say aggressive on there. Um, it's ready in the works. So that's a aggressive quote that we use pretty often or that I'm starting to use often, more often now it's pretty cool okay so let's go back to our questions that was only number three that was question we're on the third question (laughs) it's pretty cool like i said right so who is your hero a respondent's answer to this question may reveal more information about their aspirations and desires and remember aspirations are basically future goals what do you aspire to be what do you aspire to attract Um, So who's your hero? Ask people, ask your kids, ask different age groups, ask different social classes, ask different income brackets, ask different cousins, relatives, coworkers, bosses, um, friends at school, friends at the office, friends in the streets, friends at the gym. You're going to get different answers. And what I would do is I would take one of these questions a day and I would flip it, uh, move some words around, but basically stay within the same realm of the question and ask different people because by me asking different people, it's only going to ask, it's only going to help and benefit my business later down the road because the more data I get from my audience, the further I can develop a marketing tool, another program. What is the hot spots and pain points, stressors and hardships going through right now? I don't want to focus on, on emotional intelligence if you're not aware of yourself yet, but I won't know that unless I get this data from you, unless I request a poll or a survey or a questionnaire or an assessment. Remember the unknown versus the known, right? Same thing, just applying it in a different way, different concept, same theory, different concept. Okay, question number four, what do you consider your greatest accomplishment by asking this question you may be able to learn more about a respondent's priorities in life and how they conceptualize success conceptualize just means how they gather their thoughts on what they think success might look like in their eyes so based on their answer 
you can understand what they think success might look like or what their definition of success might be. What if their definition of success is something like, I woke up this morning and I'm healthy. And then you have another person who says, success to me looks like a million dollars that I'm gonna get by the end of this year, right? Two different people. Again, two different what? Personalities. But you can't teach them the same way. If you were trying to teach them something, you have to understand your audience. You have to understand the people around you. You have to understand your kids. You have to understand your coworkers, your managers, your bosses, the people above you, the people below you, and the people you see eye to eye with. What do you consider your greatest accomplishment? Okay, let's try to answer that real quick. Uh, I would say, what, what do you consider your greatest accomplishment? I'll be like, well, when? Um, I mean, up to right now at this point? Sure. I mean, my, one of my greatest accomplishments could be a future idea. But you don't know that unless you ask these questions to yourself. Unless you ask other people these questions. By asking other people these questions, rather than, <laughs> rather than something that has no benefit or no investable habit or future for you, you know, it's cool to live in the present moment, but not all the time. You have to be able to dip, to dip, you have to be able to dip back and forth between the past, present, and future. Understand when to play offense, understand when to play defense, okay? What do you consider your greatest accomplishment? One of my biggest accomplishments, I would say, dang, and one of my biggest accomplishments and biggest failures, I would say, well, I have a few. See, you see how your mind kind of just gets going now? But like I said from the beginning, I want you to answer these questions based on everything about you. Not just one little subject or one section or one life experience or one memory. I want you to take a bunch of memories and figure out the common factor from that one. And I want you to answer it in that way. That's how you walk up to psychology, right? <laughs> That's the psychology part, right? Psychology is a rule of average. So by answering this question, and then if you think about past life experiences, a bunch of them, What's the common factor? That's psychology. That's what they put in books, right? <laughs> because that's the, most, that's the most common behavior. What do you consider your greatest accomplishment? I know I keep repeating this question because I'm trying to think of a good answer or of an answer that I think would um, suffice in my, in my world, so to speak. What do you consider your greatest accomplishment? I would say not giving up. I know that's pretty cliche to say, um, but like I said, we all have different walks of life. We all go through different struggles or we go through different hardships or different successes. And for me, from the military and stuff like that, um, it took a toll on my mind, my mental health for a while. So I think that's one of my biggest accomplishments because I learned so much about myself. I had to. I had to learn so much about my brain, my thought process, my cognitive functionalities, the frontal, I mean everything, the front, the back, why I was getting hypertension, why I was getting headaches, why I had bad dreams, why I didn't want to sleep, why I wanted to fall asleep, but I did it, but I hated sleeping because I hated the nightmares, but my body was so tired. Right? I had to answer so many whys about myself. So I think that's my greatest accomplishment is answering, is developing the mindset to ask myself 
the right why questions that led me to my greatest accomplishments, I think. Right? So it's pretty cool. Okay, number five. How do you deal with failure? <laughs> I love this question. And this is the last question for today. We're going to do five a day. Okay, so how do you deal with failure? Mm -mm -mm. Good old failure. I used to hate failing. Again, think about your past. Think about a most recent failure and then put it on a scale. In my life, in my life of my levels of failure, does this rank as the worst, the least, or maybe just some normal failure where it's not on my mind? It's on my mind for a day and then I get over it tomorrow. Or have you dealt with failure that's on your mind for a month, for a week, for an hour, for a year, or that's still on your mind? How do you deal with failure? How do you deal with small failures, medium-sized failures, large failures? And then in your mind, what is a small failure? What is a large failure? That's what I'm telling you, everyone's different. There is no such thing as common sense. I learned that quick from the army because we're all different walks of life, different cultural backgrounds, right? If you're in the army, in any military service, you're bound to run into someone from a different upbringing, from a different part of the country, from a different part of the world, different cultures, different stereotypes, different norms, different traditions, different successes, different income brackets, different upbringing, different everything, different mindset. But they're all there for the common factor, okay? So how do you deal with failure? How do you deal with failure at home? How do you deal with personal failure? How do you deal with professional failure? How do you deal with entrepreneurial failure? How do you deal with failure as a father? How do you deal with failure as a mother? How do you deal with failure as a son, a sister, an aunt, an uncle? Why do people fail? Why do people fail and never try again? Why do entrepreneurs fail all the time but keep going? Why do people fail one time and never try again? Which one, do you, which one are you? Maybe you're neither. Maybe you'll run away from failure every single time. But you don't know that about yourself unless you answer these questions or unless you expose yourself to some type of different mindset, some type of different awareness. That's why I'm here. I get it. You don't have time. You have kids, you got play dates. You got soccer practice, you got cheerleading, you got school events, you got play dates, right? It, it doesn't matter. X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. It all equals, I don't have time. Cool, bro. That's fine. I get that. I totally get that. But that's why I'm here. I've already gone through the whole process. Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I've dealt with all these types of questions all these different types of failures, successes, planning, researching, visualizing, mindfulness, everything. The last six years, bro, from the science to the fate to the faith, I don't just focus on one section, I grab all of it. And I put it and I map it out. That's where my biggest, um, some of my strong traits are and my strong suits about myself is I'm able to take a bunch of knowledge 
compute it in a way to deliver it in a message or to tell a story, to deliver it into a story that keeps you engaged, but it hits on everything about you, on all those strings, all your walks of life, so that you can't ignore this stuff about yourself because it's only gonna better and benefit you and the next generation after you, whether it's your kids, your second cousins, your third cousins, your fourth cousins, your sisters, your aunts, your uncle, it doesn't matter. You're creating legacy. You're creating legacy by just becoming aware of yourself. Now, let me ask you this question real quick. Does legacy look like a family full of GEDs, right? That's a good start. But who's going to be that person to make that next, to level up? Who's going to be that person to level up in your family, in your group of friends? Doesn't that suck if all your friends suck at life? Oh, but we're cool. There's a reason why you guys get along and not get along with anybody else or anybody else in a different group, a different bracket. Who's going to be that one person to get that awareness about themselves and attach it to legacy? You can start a legacy with your friends. You can start a legacy with your family. You can start a legacy with your store, with a product or service, with yourself. But it all goes back to this. How are you going to deal with failure? How will you deal with failure? There's a few ways to attack this. I'll start with this quote. Fail elegantly. Fail elegantly. Fail with sass. <laughs> now, what does that mean? Right? I'll give you a perfect example. When I first started college in 2017, 18, um, I was a different person. And uh, I started out with a point eight. GPA, taking 14 units, 12 to 15 units, really. And um, I was failing all my classes. And I, I was failing, right? I was literally going through a failure. And that one popped up right away in my mind because there was a lot of success from that. And it ties into that quote, fail elegantly. And, with that, and that's actually a Silicon Valley term too. Well, another one is fail fast. That's it, right? Fail fast. <laughs> Um, so we'll go with fail elegantly. What failing elegantly means is when I was going to school and I had a 0.8 GPA, I already knew I was going to fail that class. I could have easily, easily stopped. I could have stopped going to class. I could have stopped waking up early, driving an hour to school every day and an hour back. But I kept going because I kept telling myself, I know I'm failing right now in life, in school and everything about my life right now. But I'm going to fail elegantly, which means I'm going to try my best. And what does that mean? Well, I had to set a goal. I had to set a goal so that I can understand why I'm failing and why I don't just give up and stop coming to school. I had to, I had to create a bigger purpose, a bigger why. And remember, I keep telling you, it's not about that exact moment. It's never about this exact moment. And I had to detach my life from that exact moment and think about the bigger picture. I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm going to accept this. I'm going to fail this class, but I'm going to take it again next semester. But I'm going to keep coming and I'm going to take all the notes because I know myself that when I come back a second time for a lot of things in my life, I always kill it. 
100, 200% all the time. The first time I might not do that great, but I understand the problems now. I understand the pattern recognition. I visualize, analyze, and conceptualize. That's where my forte comes from too. I'm able to become a problem solver. That's my engineering in me. I've been doing engineering since I was 14. So I'm able to really analyze everything in my head right away. What does a picture look like right now? What would it imagine it would look like in the future? What's the best route to get there? What are the different options? See, I can, I can do that all in my mind, but it's easier to write it out. And that's what we do in Mogressive. We map everything out on the whiteboards that we send you for free. That's part of our program that's included. Okay, so I had a 0.8 GPA and I wanted to stop going to school, keep collecting the money from the army, which was fine, there's a lot of money. They pay you to go to school, right? And that's the biggest problem is people take that money and never finish school. And then they run out of money and then they're back at school trying to get more money. How do I know that? Because I used to work in the veteran center and that, that was a pattern I used to see all the time. That's why I started in the Student Veteran Endowment to change that shit, which it did. Okay, so at a 0.8 GPA, what was I telling myself? Fail elegantly, what does that mean? Okay, I'm gonna keep coming to school. I know I'm gonna fail this class, but I'm gonna take all the notes. I'm gonna make sure the teacher knows that I sat in the front row seat and I told him, hey bro, you know what? I might not pass this class this time because of X, Y, and Z, you know, my mental health, my, uh, my paranoia, all that PTSD stuff. He said, no problem. Um, even if you have to get up and leave class, that's fine with me, I don't care. But I appreciate you telling me this so that we're both on the same page and I know why you're here. And I'm gonna try to help you any way possible I can to get you to pass this class right now. And he tried, he tried. But I came back the second year, same class, same teacher, same professor, a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more wisdom, a little bit more motivation. And I passed it with a C. <laughs> right? And I was so, so happy. Third place, right? <laughs> I was so happy. Oh man, you have no idea. You have no idea. That was my third time taking that class. Math, 152, pre-algebra, pre-algebra. I couldn't even pass that shit. That's how bad my mind was, my life was, my mindset was, everything my awareness and that's what and that was a perfect reflection of who I was at that exact moment because I told myself this isn't going to be who I am this does not reflect who I am this 0.8 GPA does not reflect who I am what reflects who I am is what I'm going to do from here on out from from here forward I'm going to come to class every day I don't care if I don't pass I'm going to learn something I'm going to learn the most difficult thing in each section so that next semester it won't become the most difficult thing. Something else will be. Or maybe I just eliminated that most difficult thing from that chapter, from that section. Okay? So how do you deal with failure? That's how I deal with failure. I accept the failure. I understand the failure. And then I switch my mindset right away. I mind shift or I M shift, whatever you want to call it. And I change the perception. I change the narrative. And I tell myself. I self-talk myself. I do the inverse communication about myself on the positivity. Like, look, bro, life kind of sucks right now, but it could be worse. <laughs> it could be 10 times worse. It could always be worse. And that's why it's a law of gratitude. We focus on week one because you understand, you need to understand gratitude. You need to understand your awareness about yourself and other people real quick 
so that you're not so much focused on outside anymore. You're not focused on other people. Once you realize the focus and attention and the spotlight needs to be put on you, it takes up all your time away from distractions now. You don't care about what Jordans are wearing. You don't care about what Yeezys are wearing. You don't care about any of that shit because you realize how much work is left to focus on you and to do with you. And you realize it's gonna take a lifetime to fix all this shit about yourself so that you don't pass this shit on to the next generation, to your kids. Go, 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 go. Life is not about that. Life is not about that. So how do you deal with failure? Ask your wife, ask your girlfriend, ask your family, ask your friends, ask your coworkers, ask your bosses. You're gonna get different responses, different answers. You're gonna have people who don't care. You're gonna have people be like, oh, that's a great question. Where'd you come up with that question? That tells me a lot about yourself. Oh, I didn't know you, I didn't know you. You had thoughts like that. It's interesting. That looks like, that sounds like manager material. Middle manager material. I'm actually writing another podcast about that. The top four ways to boost your self-confidence from a middle manager's position to upper management positions. I've been there, bro. I understand this already. Why? Because it's all psychology. Work is all psychology. Yes, labor, physical, sure. But it's mostly problem solving, delegating to understand how to influence others in the workplace. And one way you can attack that, attack that is through these questions, through the Myers-Briggs personality test, and different laws of psychology. We're gonna end there. These were the first five questions. And again, I'll read them right back to you so you understand all five questions real quick. What word, number one, what word would people close to you use to describe you? Number two, what is a question people ask you often? Number three, what is your hero? <laughs> Who is your hero? Number four, what do you consider your greatest accomplishment? And number five, how do you deal with failure? Fail elegantly, bro. Fail elegantly. Fail in style. Because it's going to help you. Whenever you dip and you don't give up with consistency, if you don't give up, it's like the stock, bro. It's like, it's like the economic system, the economy. When something dips, it's bound to autocorrect itself. If you don't give up. If there's, a, if there's always a constant, like you don't like... If you don't stop regardless and you're always constant, like, okay, this bad thing happened, okay, let's keep going. You're never gonna fail. You're gonna 10X that, and you're gonna skyrocket and spike up every single time. Okay, I won't hit on failure no more. I can write a whole two hours about failure. But take these questions and knowledge with you today that I just transferred to you, and share them with people you love and care about. Because the more you ask these type of questions, the more you can show them that type of love and support that they give to you, and they'll receive that same type of love and support in return by you asking them these same, these same questions because in their mind, it shows how much you care about them. Okay. See you later.